0: Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10:30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. There's such a flow and I sometimes am very cautious about who to tell what I want to speak on in the day because sometimes I love to hear what God wants to say to other people through me. Did you hear Tom's word this morning? Let me tell you that is exactly what God wants to do today. There was a, he he was reminding us of the story in the Bible of King David, well, he wasn't a king. He was shepherd boy David at this point. And he's going to give his brothers uh, pizza, basically. He was the first pizza delivery boy. Bring, Take bread and cuts of milk, which is cheese, to your brothers. And he goes on his father's command and he hears the voice of the enemy ridiculing God's people he hears Goliath the giant ridiculing God's people let me tell you giants are important this morning take note of giants because God is overcoming giants in our lives today all right I like I like the energy God is overcoming giants in our lives today that's what he's doing but what happens before he faces the giant You see, King Saul comes and says, well, hold on, David, you look a little bit small. You look a little bit uncovered. You look a little bit unprepared. You look a little bit unusual for my eyes in the natural. And I can't see in the spiritual what you're seeing, David. So what I want to do with you, I want to put my armor on you. And that's where Tom brought us that word. He said, God's hand is saying, stop. And you see, David, he understood that. He understood that he couldn't advance into the victory that God was calling him into wearing someone else's identity. He couldn't advance wearing somebody else's clothes, wearing somebody else's armor, wearing somebody else's, write this word down, defaults. I know sometimes my accent might be a little bit different. Let's just be honest. It's a great accent, isn't it? (laughs) I only have one accent, so I better like it, you know. It's no good me trying to preach and sound like somebody else, because then I'll be wearing someone else's armor. Even though, secret, I would love to preach like T.D. Jakes. (laughs) Glory to God! (laughs) Oh, it's going to come upon me one of these days, I'm telling you. (laughs) Maybe today. (laughs) Defaults. You see, the word that God had for me today, to share with us as a church. He said, Ryan, tell my people that I have defeated their defaults. He's a good God, good God. God, I want to sing. You've got to finish that song. He's a good God, good God. He's a good God, good God. He's defeated our defaults. He's done it on our behalf. Anna whispered to me when we were singing. Um, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And she said to me, Ryan, that means I can stop working. (laughs) Tell your neighbor you can stop striving. He has defeated the defaults. He has defeated the things that try and hold us back. He has defeated the things that we can come to, sometimes come and stand in and live in our incorrect identity because God has got a new identity for us. As we step into what He's doing in our lives, as we step into what's coming forward in our lives, and I want you to know it's good. It is so good. This is going to be a continuation of some of what we started last week. How has your week been? Have you been fixing your thoughts this week? Have you been applying the Jesus filter to your thoughts? Have you have you stuck those thoughts that God gave you last week about yourself that were true to your fridge? Or to your car air, the point in your car where the air comes out? Wherever it is you need to stick it. Back of the toilet door. Inside your calendar. Wherever it is you need to stick it. Have you been fixing your thoughts this week? I'm going to continue from fixing your thoughts to defeating your defaults. So turn with me. We're going to read in the Word of God this morning from Numbers chapter 13. And I want us to use this scripture as an outline of what God is saying, how God is going to be positioning us for the new. And just like that hand of God was here this morning, even Even facing this line, you might not see it here, but there's actually a line that we've put on the ground this morning, and this is a threshold. And today, I want to invite every one of you to step over the threshold of what was holding you back in the last season, to step over the threshold, to leave behind the armor of someone else has tried to put upon you, that the enemy has tried to mark you by, to step over the threshold into the new. And just as God's hand went out, I believe that there are angels even in this room today they are going to cut off of you anything that is trying to hinder you from the last season as you come to step into what God has got for you. Isn't that good? Are you, you ready, Numbers 13? You ready? Verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, ah, It's coming on me. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. And all of them were leaders or heads of the Israelites, of the tribes. There, there continues a couple of verses about who God sent. And let me tell you, it's really important about who God sent. We, we get introduced to two characters in this list. One of them, his name is Joshua, who later on Moses calls Joshua. And he's from the tribe of Ephraim. And there's also a man called Caleb. And he is from the tribe of Judah. So we'll continue verse 18. See what the land is like. Whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled? Are they fortified? What's the soil like? Is it fertile? Is it poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land, for it was the season of the ripe grapes. I want to tell you that was right about now. At the end of the summer was the time when the ripe grapes came in. We are at an opportune time where God is giving us the invitation to advance. And he is saying to us that he has done it all. We can just step over in his power. And at the end of 40 days, they, they, the spies, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh, in the desert of Paran, and there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Tell your neighbor, God is going to show you fruit today. God is going to give us a taste of the fruit of the new season. They showed him the fruit of the land. Verse 27, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, And it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, He was that hand, just like we saw this morning, that said stop. He silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. But the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread amongst the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. And they said, the land that we, ex- that we have explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked The same to them. God is calling us into the new. Many preachers have preached this message. I'm going to add something to it, but let me just start right here. You probably heard this. God took his people out of Egypt, and he wanted to take them into the promise. It should have taken 40 days, that transition. But it took 40 years to take Egypt out of God's people. For every day that they were spying the land, that they missed the opportunity to step in because of the bad report, because of their defaults of their past life, they had to live in the wilderness for 40 years. It took God 40 years to take Egypt out of his people, but he took his people out of Egypt in a day. There are things that can hinder us. The way that we think as we looked at last week. And if you didn't, if you weren't here last week, if you missed it, just go and watch the message again. God is positioning us. This is my heart. It's not about, hey, go and go and click that link. That looks really good. Let me tell you, that's a false armor that I would be putting on. That is a false armor. We are here for one thing and one thing alone. To make Jesus known. And I want to preach this message to you because I want us. I'm not saying you. I'm preaching this message to us. I've got defaults God's want to turn around. I've got defaults I'm leaving behind as I step over this threshold this morning. God, I want God to position us to be ready for what he is about to do amongst us. God is, God's got such a great plan. He really does. He knows what he's doing. Sometimes we can get disheartened if we look at other leaders in our lives or other authority structures in our lives. And they sometimes don't represent the kingdom of God. Often they don't, let's be honest. And when when people say something like, God's got a good plan for us, we can have a default in our lives that thinks, I hope he does, but can I believe it? God has got a good plan for your life. God has got a good plan for this town. God has got a good plan for this region. God has got a good plan for your street, for this country. God has got everything in his hands. And when it comes to us being a people, we say, Lord, I don't know how, but I'm here. Would you use me? I don't always know how it's going to come together, but you can use me. You see, some of the defaults that we're overcoming too is our own Failures, And we can say, God, yes, you've got a good plan for James because he can get up and he prophesies on a Sunday. But I don't know if you've got a good plan for me because if you knew, God, what I went through this week, maybe you wouldn't want to use me. Good news for you. Ryan doesn't know what you went through this week, but God does. And Ryan's been sent to tell you, God still wants to use you because he's been working on your behalf. He is here to set you free. So let's, let's debunk some of these defaults, okay? What is a default? When I'm talking about defaults, what are you talking about? See, a default setting is, is uh, the dictionary says this. I wanna, sometimes I like to use the dictionary. I always go to the Word of God first. It's a pre-selected option when no alternative is selected. It's a pre-programmed, pre-selected option where no alternative is selected. And have you ever gotten into drive a car, your car, after someone else has driven it? I can hear the groans of the men in church this morning. In fact, I can feel it through the web stream right now. The chat is just firing up. You sit in your car and you've borrowed it to your taller brother. See, I'm being very wise here. <laughs> you, you, lend, you lend your car to your taller brother or your, your taller wife. In some of you cases, it might be. And the seat isn't in the right place. You get in and for me, it's like, I can't even touch the pedals. Oh my goodness. I just want to drive. I'm already late as it is. And now I'm having to fix the seat. Why is it just not how I left it? and you're adjusting the seat, and you go to put your key in the engine to ignite the engine, and then you realize, I can't see what's behind me. There's three rearview mirrors, and not one of them is angled at my eyes. And then you're like adjusting that mirror, Adjust. okay. Truth be told, some of you, you've driven a mile down the road before you've checked your rearview mirrors, right? God sees, God knows, He still chooses you. And then, and then you think, okay, I'm just going to turn the aircon on and, <laughs> like, blow dried my hair this morning. Thank you. The the worst thing then, you go to put the CD player on. CD player connected to the iPod, and it's like, what music is this? This is not my sound. This is not my vibe. This is not my zone. You get what I'm saying, right? There, there's defaults that are programmed, that we program around ourselves because they make our life comfortable. They make our life easy. They make our life able to react and respond in a way that I'm used to. We can return to our defaults. Have you ever, you know, maybe you're out in in a town and, and some guys come up and they say, hey, here's my phone. Take a picture of me. Have you ever been on holiday and someone said, hey, could you just take a picture of me? So, sometimes I'm the guy that's like, well, they obviously trust me enough with their phone. Yeah, why not? And they give me the phone and I have no idea where the camera is. You know, have you, have you ever borrowed maybe a, a parent's phone or someone in the family and you, you've used their phone and you push the home screen and you're like, is this even a mobile phone? <laughs> Do you remember the days when phones just were phones? That's how old I am guys. I'm like kids, do you remember when a phone was just a phone? Like no. Bethany our oldest, she was 6 months old when the iPhones came out and Trevor and Sharon who are today ministering in Kidderminster, God bless them, that's their hometown. May God use them to plant seeds in that place. I believe God is going to uh, even bring a reset into that town. Would you would you bless that town Lord Jesus? Yeah. He, Trevor loves technology. And so when I was, was the associate and, and Trevor was, was leading and the iPhones came out, oh, glory to God. We went to Mary Hill on the day they came out and I got an iPhone. I felt blessed. Oh, my word. So our kids, they've grown up with iPhones like phones do everything. They, you know, they answer all your, your questions if you're stuck in a maths quick test. Let's move on. (laughs) They have the internet. You know, if you ever had a question, we used to go and ask our parents, hey, so, you know, how did this happen? These days, you just hit up Google. And now these days, you just watch a video on YouTube. You don't even have to read about it. You just watch someone do it. Anyway, but you use a phone that's not yours. You cannot navigate around it, can you? Because it's been set up as a default to someone else's settings. This one really gets to me. I, I actually enjoy doing supermarket shopping. So, and I go to Aldi. Aldi, paid sponsorship please, on this web stream. Anyone else like Aldi? Okay, cool. I, and I don't mind, you can like whichever supermarket you want. I, I go to Aldi for most of my things, but I go to other supermarkets for some of my things. And I drive my wife to other supermarkets for some of our other things. But anyway, and I I like my Aldi because I know where it is. I can get in the trolley. I can zip around it. I can take a few minutes. I get everything I need. I'm through the checkout. Man, I used to love racing the guys at the checkout at Aldi. Do you remember the day when they would, like, just throw it at you as quick? And you were, like, trying to catch it. They've gotten really, really kind. I think revival is breaking out in Aldi at the moment because they're so kind. But I'm really quick. I I love it. Anyway. Anyway. So, we're, we're in King Winford, which is only a couple miles down the road, and there's an Aldi there, and I think on the way home from dropping the kids off at school, I'm going to go to that Aldi, just to save some time, it's on my way. I get in, and it's not Aldi. I walk, well, it's Aldi, but it's not my Aldi. It's not my default. I walk down the road, and I'm thinking there should be tomatoes here, but there's not, there's coffee. And I walk to the end where there should be milk, and it's not milk, it's cereal, And I'm trying to get to the meat and I can't find the meat because nothing is laid out as I want it. Do I have an amen this morning? And I was whinging about this to Anna and she said, Ryan, they actually do that on purpose. I said, why? They said, because, you know, every couple of years they change the store around on purpose because you just go in, Ryan, and you know the three things you want and that's all you buy. And they want to sell you more stuff. They want to break. They want to disrupt your defaults because they want you to know that there is more. Did you hear Darren say in the offering, how much do you want? God says to you, there is more. There are some defaults that he wants to disrupt in our lives because we're so used to just getting skim milk. But God wants you to know there's three or four different types of milk. Let me put that in the spiritual. We're so used to going to God for hope and strength on one item and we get ourselves filled and we think that's enough or it's near the top of what we need for the day. But God wants you to know there is more. There is more hope than you've ever had before. There is more strength than you've ever had before. There is more of the Holy Spirit power for your life than you've ever had before. And what's more, the measure that you're used to becomes your default. God says, I don't want you near the top. I I don't want you at the top. I want you overflowing with my hope. Holy Spirit in your life, because there is more. See, this is what defaults do. They lead you to act in a certain way. They help create a pattern of behavior. They actually encourage in us an automatic response. Man, I'm picking on you today, Darren. Didn't he look good? Did you see how sharp his beard was? I said to him this morning, hey, you're looking sharp, Darren. He said, Yeah, I went to the barbers. <laughs> I said, Oh man, I can tell, like they got the geometry ruler out and they got the angles just right. You know, it's sharp. I could cut my fingers looking at that beard. And he said to me, Ryan, it cost me 20 pounds at the barbers. I said, What? That's a lot. He said, You wouldn't believe it. I gasped in the barber shop. <gasps> When they said 20 pounds, (gasps) Darren, I want you to know, God is more than enough for you. (laughs) But here's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, here's the point I'm trying to make. It's good to have fun in the house of God, isn't it? It's good to be family. Here's the point I'm trying to make. 20 pounds is a lot for a beard cut and a haircut. All right, Darren, I agree with you. Why? So that's our default. 20 pounds, that's a lot. Okay, I can see ladies talking amongst themselves. Men? We don't have much hair, okay? So you might pay a bit more, and it's great. It looks It's the best 30 pounds, 40 pounds you've ever spent, ladies. It looks great on you, okay? I just want you to know that. But as a man, that's a lot of money for a barbershop. So, see, our culture has created a default where we say, that's a lot of money. And what happens? Without even being aware of it, an automatic response comes, (gasps) when we're told. Because we all are living underneath defaults. And I'm having a laugh with you in the natural, but I want you to see in the spiritual, which is actually more you than you realize. It's actually more powerful than you realize. In the spirit realm, there are defaults that can sometimes hold us back. And God wants to break them free of us. This is a morning to be free. What a powerful song, that verse of freedom run into wide open spaces grace is waiting for you dance or dance you see my default is dance sorry dance dance that's how you say it dance <laughs> like the weight has been lifted the weight of that armor that weight of someone else's default has been lifted grace is waiting See, defaults, they encourage automatic responses. They are reinforced by repetition. They are easy to fall back on. They are easy to fall back on. It was easy for the 10 spies, because there were two that didn't fall back. They didn't. They defaulted on their defaults. That's what they said. They defaulted on their default. You see the word default, it also means this. Failure to fulfill an obligation. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you have the freedom not to fulfill the obligations of the enemy upon your life. The Holy Spirit is telling you it's time to default on your defaults. So the 10 spies, it was easy for them to fall back on the old way of thinking. It was easy for them to fall back on realizing that It might have been easier to go back to Egypt. Defaults make us act, see, perceive, feel, and behave in a predictable way. And that predictable way is often the same as before. It creates a culture of comfort. But it's time to default that. Let me just talk about some of the defaults that were at work in this passage that we've read together. And I want you to know I'm I'm talking about breaking them. But there are also some defaults that God wants to put in your life. That are holy. There are some patterns that God puts around that are positive, that are strong. And the first is this they saw the giants, not the giant grapes. As I'm going through this list, I want you to be aware of these three things. This is how we perceive them, how they work in our lives. There are our sights. There are our thoughts, so fix your eyes on Jesus, and there are our words, the confessions of our mouth. This is how we identify and realize and notice, actually, what is God saying to me? What is God doing within me? Because if we can identify it, we can change it. You see, these people, they saw the giants, not the giant grapes. I used to love this story as a kid when my when my. Family would tell it to me that they had to cut a branch and they had to hang one cluster of grapes upon a branch between two adults carrying it on their shoulders that those grapes were that big. I mean, that's a big lot of grapes. Wow, look how big the grapes were. But all they were saying is, yeah, but look how big the people are too. You see, the default was a default of fear. It was a default of they walked by sight and not by faith. I want to put such a spirit of faith in you this morning. I want you to be walking full of faith in everything that you face and what we're going through. They, de- their default was on their, their thoughts, not God's thoughts. Their default was on their words, not God's words. Did you notice, as we were reading in Numbers 13, what the spies called the land? God said to them, I am giving you this land. So whose land was it? It was their land. Who had said it? God had said it. That was the words that was released over them. But how subtle is it? They came back and they said, the land that you sent us to. The land that we've been through. It wasn't God's land. It wasn't our land because that's what it was. But they, they decided to use different words. Even in their thoughts, they had seen the obstacles that faced them, and they had already defaulted on the promises of God. Don't default on promises of God in your life. Don't default on the power of God in your life because of the difficulty that things look like. So they chose not to th- say God's words about it. They saw the fortified walls they didn't remember the walls that God had brought them through of the Red Sea. The walls that had parted before them. They could have remembered those walls. that were bringing them a pathway into victory, a pathway into freedom. They just saw a few stone walls and they thought, man, these walls are too hard for me to climb. They saw locked gates. And they didn't remember the gates that God had broken open from Egypt to set them free. They didn't remember the gates that God had broken them through from Pharaoh. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Not as those who had already overcome all of the grasshoppers in the plague. Not as those who God had said, I am giving you this land. And so they were in their own eyes. You see, the way that we default on ourselves is the way that we're going to begin to live. I talked about that last week with thoughts and behaviors. This was their default. Once a slave, always a slave. There's hard work ahead to occupy. Sometimes it's easier just to serve a slave master. What are some of the defaults that you might even be facing as we think about the year ahead? Here we go again. No, God's got good plans. I don't know what to expect. You might not know what to expect, but he said a promise for you. Sometimes the known is better than the unknown. This is a big default. Uh, there's, there's things that I'm going to be asking God to set me free in my life. And I'll tell you one of them right now. I have a tendency to want to work hard in the natural, especially when there's a lot to do. That I don't, I forget and I've got to make sure that I work just as, I surrender just as much to God in the spiritual first. I'll give you an example. I if I come home and there's a little bit of stuff to do, I'll, I'll make sure that I, 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 I do a lot of work. Like I'll housework. I keep things really tidy. I get things really clean. I come into the office on a Monday morning. I've got my to-do list. And I'll, you know, I'll get on and I'll call all the people I need to call. Sometimes there's many of you. Many of you life group leaders. so good that you took my call and you got through my work mode when I should have actually been in spirit mode. And I wanted to tick through my list. And then there's this thing to do. There's that project to do. There's this graphic to do. And I just got to get my head down and I got to work through it. Because if I don't work through it, it'll never happen. And actually, I'm working through it because, God, this is the job you've given me. And God's saying, Ryan, seek me first. Come and spend some time with me. I want to put what you think right now is a priority in your day into an order that is my priority for your day. Are you catching the default that I'm, this is what I'm consciously saying. God, would you cut this off of me today? There there is an incredible woman of God, a preacher, a missionary by the name of Heidi Baker. Many of you have heard of of her. And when I did the Bible school here at Revival Fires, it was the year 2003. 20 years ago, she came and did a a conference and she did some sessions with us as Bible students. And she said this. God had taught her that the more appointments she had and the busier it was in the day ahead, she needed to spend more time praying. And I thought, man, does this girl know maths? (laughs) I did, honestly. I'm being honest. So you're saying you've got like, 12 hours of work, so you're going to actually, instead of spending two hours in prayer, you're going to spend four hours in prayer, Heidi. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I didn't say this out loud, but I'm like, um, 12 hours plus four hours, I said two hours. That's like 16 hours of work. How are you going to, you're making more work for yourself. Like, just roll your sleeves up and work harder. And I didn't understand what she was saying. This was the key. Fruitfulness comes through Intimacy. You see, my default has been fruitfulness comes through hard work. Man, that's a good value right there. And it's true, it is. But when you take things to Jesus and you take things to the kingdom, there is a fruitfulness that comes when you live in the right, the kingdom the right way up. So often people say, you know, it's an upside down kingdom. Well, it is only because our kingdom is the wrong way around. So let me say this. It's the right way up kingdom. So one of the defaults is, God, give me the spiritual understanding, the spiritual priority, the spiritual empowering for what my day is going to happen. And when that happens, often I'll call the people I need to call, and God's already gone before me. And what was, would have been a, a call about all the work we need to do, they've already got the solutions for me, and it's done. And I hang up, I think, Jesus, thank you. Would, would you make my, help me, would you help me? If he's working for me, would you help me make my default to start every day with you more? Would you help me make my default look to your perspective before I have to look at all my priorities? Would you help me make my default look upon your Holy Spirit's provision before I look at my calendar and everything that I've decided is important for that day? These, this is where the rubber meets the road. Are you, are you catching this? So this is me, God, set me free from this. I don't want to look in the natural. I want to see in the supernatural. You see, these spies, they saw the temporal, not the eternal. And ultimately, they walked by sight and not by faith. And there's some positive defaults at work here. The first one is this. Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. When I saw this, oh, I rejoiced. Because I, I realize that the default at work here is that praise always proclaims faith. If you're struggling to get yourself in a place of faith, keep praising. But Ryan, how can I praise when I'm in a battle? Well, Psalm 23, he prepares a table before me when I've completed all the tasks I had to do. He prepares a table before me when I've pushed back all my enemies. No, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I've always got a reason to praise. You know, there is no such thing as fake praise. Sometimes we can think, well, God, I want to praise you right now, but I really don't feel it. So I'm not going to praise you. Let me tell you, is God's praise based upon my feelings or is God's praise based upon his worthiness? I imagined a bit more of a shout of praise when I said that. Let's try that again. Is God's praise based upon my feelings or is God's praise based upon the fact that he is worthy in every season, in every circumstance? Jesus, you are worthy. Just praise him this morning. Just for... Five seconds, just say, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, I won't hold back praise because I think it might be fake and I want to be authentic. But God, the most authentic thing I can do in any situation I'm facing is to praise you because you are above it all. You are over it all. Your spirit is higher than it all. You have all authority. You have all worth. And I give you all of my praise, Lord Jesus. Let me tell you, when you do that... And you don't need a Lumi and a Jude worship team with you. You can do it in the car when the default setting is wrong. And the air con is blasting at your face. And it's not your favorite music when you turn the radio on. It doesn't matter. You can still praise. Because that's what praise is. It's the attitude. It's a default in our heart. That when the going gets tough, I lean back on Jesus. Lord, make our default praise. And in praise, our faith is ignited. There is a faith that is born in us. Here's the other default, a good one. The guy called Joshua. Do you know his name was actually Hoshua? H and an E instead of a U. It's a little bit of a change, Ryan. What are you talking about? Over and over again, you see God does this in the Bible. He redefines people's identities. It was Abraham, it was Abraham, it was Sarai, it was Sarah He adds the H, it was Saul, and he says, no, you are now Paul. It was Cephas, and he says, no, you are now Peter. It was Heshua, and he says, no, you are now Joshua. I want you to know, in all the things that we are facing, just like the armor that King Saul tried to put upon a young shepherd boy, David, the only person that gives you your identity is Jesus Christ. Don't default on it. The world will want to try and fit you in a mold. We might go from this and it's great to have a sense of praise, a sense of purpose when the presence of God is here and we're together. But we can go to our family um, surrounds and sometimes they don't believe the same as us. Their defaults are different and they try and make you fit into a different box. You could turn up at work on Monday and they try and make you fit in a different box. I want you to know, let something be planted inside you today that your only identity comes from who Jesus said you are lord would you release the freedom of your people that our identity comes from your every word i've talked about praise let me tell you another default how how ryan how do i know what jesus says about me see i've gone this this digital world this this is my bible that's my everything (laughs) this is part of the problem with the distractions I have to turn the calendar off and I have to open the Word of God. But that's where it comes from. The Word, help me out. you got a Bible, like a pen and paper. There you go. Stick that in the air. I feel better now. That, the Word. Spirit of conviction, Darren, is coming upon (laughs) all of us. The Word of God. Let this become your default. 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 The living word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let this become your default. Jesus was the word of God. The word made manifest who came in tabernacle, came and dwelt amongst us. I encountered Jesus through the word of God. I encountered Jesus through the scriptures god would you put in our lives a default where it's not even me striving to read the word of god it's you putting a hunger inside of me you know that's when i talked about my default of of wanting to do the natural before the spiritual even sometimes i have a lovely app that's got this like little beautiful tick that comes when you've completed reading a certain chapter (laughs) you guys know what i'm talking about Sometimes that little tick gives me more satisfaction than what God's even said to me that day. I'm like, tick job done, what's next? Do I have an amen in the house this morning? Yesterday I opened my Bible to read it and I felt, I got like two or three verses in. And I'm saying this to you because I'm talking about a default of the word of God. Let me tell you, God's word is called many things. It's called the logos and it's called the rhema. And often the rema which is the now word, the revealed word, the very breath of the life of God, it comes through the logos, which is the written word. It's not just the written word, but it's the unchanging, unfailing word of God. It's his I Am's. It's, it's the very nature. It's, it's everything that he's proclaimed. And we find that when we read scripture. All scripture is logos. And it's God breathed. And as I was reading it yesterday, thinking I'm going to get that lovely tick because I've done my reading for the day. God says, you know, Ryan, I'm going to speak to you right now. And I had a choice, didn't I? Let me just default, Lord, on your word because I've got to get my tick in the Bible. No, Lord, I can hear you talking to me. And I'm going to read to you in a minute because this is what I believe God is saying for us today. That there is breakthrough, that there is things for us to step into. But make it a default to spend time with the word of God. Some mornings that word will be Jesus Christ, walking amongst your time with him. Sometimes that word will be you just having to just stick through that chapter in Psalms, that chapter in Numbers, that chapter in Hebrews 3 that we looked at last week. Sometimes it's you just reading it again and saying, God, I praise you. I might not even feel like this is feeding me, but I know that it's feeding me. And so you stick through it. It happens both ways. But when that becomes your default, God begins to speak to you. You see, that's the default. I'm going to spend time with you. Sometimes, Lord, it's the word. Sometimes, Jesus, it's your Holy Spirit. That just comes, and he's so close. And I'll take both of them, Lord Jesus, because I want to make a priority in my life to spend time with you. So I'm talking about the positive defaults. God gives it our identity. That identity comes through the word of God. Joshua, how did Joshua stand up amongst the 10 other spies and say, no, I saw the same walls. I saw the same giants. I saw the same difficulties, but I say, no, I'm not agreeing with your report. We are going to go up and take it. The word of God. How did he do that? I want to tell you it's because he had time with the presence of God. It said about Joshua that Moses would enter the tent of meeting The cloud of glory would come down, a visible cloud. Sometimes in in worship, especially on days like today when it's so hot, and let me just say, Jesus, thank you for the heat. I don't want to complain at all because I asked for this last Sunday. (laughs) But sometimes my glasses steam up, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, is this the cloud? He says, yes, right, my presence is here, but you just need to wipe your glasses, son. (laughs) (sighs) You know, But it was a physical cloud that came on the tent when Moses was spending time with God. And God was speaking to Moses. It says about Joshua. Moses would leave. He would put a veil over his face so the people wouldn't see the glory leaving. But Joshua would stay at the tent of meeting. There is a strength that we can get in our lives. There is an identity that we can get in our lives. There is a truth that can overcome anything we're facing in our lives. When we have a default of the presence of God. Holy Spirit, may you be our default. May you be the one that we fall back on. May you be our learned behavior. May you be our one response. May our automatic response be, Lord Jesus, come and help me in this place. Oh, I had a I had a friend. He actually was my best man at my wedding. And we were, I don't know, we were about 13, 14, having summer holidays together out all day on a bicycle. And and he would we we lived together at one point and then we moved four hours away from each other, so we would have summers to get summers together. And he would come and he would stay with, with us. And I remember one time at this young age, this is what God teaches us, defaults in our lives. There was something that came up in in the in the family life. I think my sister was sick, and I said, Oh man, she's sick, Mom. Maybe we should take to the doctor. And Daniel, Daniel Jackson, my best man, he said, No, let's pray for her. And that kind of faith at a young age, when I was also 30 and 14, I was like, What? What are you talking about? You know, and my mom and dad were really like impressed with this faith, and they prayed for my sister, and my sister got better. But it does something in your life that you realize, okay, the natural's real. But I can look to Jesus in the midst of every situation. I can remember that story as clear as day. Why? Because God was saying that he was setting a new default in place in my life. Oh, presence of God, we need you. Oh, Lord Jesus. The other thing about Joshua is he, had a, he has a presence of God which gave him the perspective of God. That was his default. And God's forming even today. Like a story I just randomly shared with you. He is forming defaults in our lives. The other one was this, Joshua was underneath Moses, there was a place of leadership. There was a default of fathering and mentoring. Oh, Lord, would you create in our life group such a default as well, where people can come and get fed, where there can be holy leadership, where it's not authority bossing someone, but it's coming underneath the covering of family, coming into the connection of family. Here's another default, I love this. God always sends. God told Moses, send the spies. If you remember last week, what was the Jesus filter? Jesus, our apostle and our high priest of our confession. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, our apostle, our high priest. Jesus was the one who was sent. These spies, they were sent into the land. They brought back a bad report. But Jesus was sent to earth on our behalf, and he was victorious. He overcame every default of the fallen nature of man, and on a cross, he he nailed it to the cross, and he went down into the depths of the grave, and he won the keys of our victory, and he even says to you today, no more do you have to fall back on what you think is your fallen nature, Because I have got the keys to a new life for you. I have got the keys for a new inheritance in my name. I have got the keys for a new default of my presence in your life. And as I was reading the word of God, I'm going to read to you exactly what God was saying. I thought I was going to get a lovely tick on the scriptures and he said this. No, Ryan, this is what I want to do. This will be a year of firsts again. A year to walk through a door that I am opening. But I don't want you to see this door as merely a door into a new room. I want you to see this as a door into an elevator. Because when you come out, you're not just going to be in a new room. You're going to be in a new realm. And I am making all things new. And there are sometimes things that you can't fit into an elevator. Have you guys ever stayed at a hotel and you're dragging your suitcase along and it bashes on the doors? And sometimes it's my kids' heads that bash on the doors, you know, trying to get in the elevator. It just doesn't fit. God said, not everything can come with you in the elevator. I want you to strip off some of the things. The sin that easily entangles, that cover by the blood. But also the things that hinder us. And what happens when we step into an elevator is this. We have to push the button. And I saw, as God would speak to me, he said, Ryan, tell my church that I am pushing the button. And it is a reset button over your life. There are things that have held you back in the last season. God has pushed a reset button. It not, isn't even by my own work. Have you seen in those movies, in those really posh places, you go into an elevator and there's like a a, door, a doorman there. And you tell him, uh, floor 17, please. And he even pushes the button for you. Jesus has pushed the the button. Jesus pushes the reset button in your life, and he's bringing us up to a whole new level. Leave behind the thoughts and the ways of thinking and embrace the new. This year will look like a new creation, and I want to read this 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. So from now on, say now on, So from now on, from this day, Sunday, the 10th of September, new defaults forming in our lives. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. This is the Bible. This is the Logos. This is Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 5. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And he went on to say that just as Jesus was the second Adam and he reinstated what was lost in the beginning. So I am reinstating a first love in the hearts of my people. I am reinstating a first passion in the hearts of my people. I am reinstating a first call in the hearts and the lives of my people. See, Jesus was the son that hit the button on our behalf. He was one who hit the mark on our behalf. He was an arrow straight and true, sent by God the Father on our behalf. And he has hit the mark. And so I I watched this. I said, God, how how do we minister this? And he says, Ryan, I want you to create a threshold and invite my people to step over it. And this is the part, I, let me tell you, yesterday, if you had come into the study when I was praying, you would have thought I was swatting a swarm of bees away from me. But I was cutting off in the, in the natural, I was wanting to activate what God was doing in the spirit. And he said this, The old default, the old creation was that when man was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, the angels were stationed at the doors with flaming swords to stop them coming back in. Not because God was wanting to keep them out for punishment's sake, because if they came back in and ate of the tree of life, they would live forever in a state of sin. And God loves mankind so much they didn't want that to happen. But he said "That's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And now, my angelic realm is even here this morning to cut off of you everything that hinders you coming in. There has been an invitation that has gone out to step into the new. And now we've got a threshold that I've drawn on the line here. And even this morning, you know, we so often can default in this. This is what we do. Okay, we'll get the band up. We'll get the band up will play the, that really cool chord. you know that one? And I love it. I'm not mocking it. I love it. But God said, Ryan, don't default on you on the old ways of doing it he is going to do something. And what I saw as you stepped across this threshold, Anna and I are going to stand each side and all we want to do is invite you in faith to step across a threshold and into the new. And here's what I saw. I saw cancers literally falling off of people. Cut off by the sword of the Spirit. I saw sickness falling off of people. There are things that you have carried for so long. And you're saying, Lord Jesus, when is my time going to come? I want to say today is a day, not because of what I'm preaching, but because of who God has sent into this environment. And there are angels with swords to cut it off. There are stinking thinking. There are places of addiction. Addiction. I've struggled for so long. When am I going to overcome this? When is this not going to be the same? I don't want to carry into this new year. All the things I've been struggling with. Jesus can cut off addiction in his powerful name. The way that we think. There are false accusations that have been made against God's people. I don't know who you are, but I sense in this room. There are people that are carrying false accusations. It could be as simple as a friend group. It could be as serious As court orders against you that are false, I see them falling off right now. I see glasses coming off as we cross this because God is changing perspectives. And I want to invite you. Do you want to step into a new threshold? Would you stand up with me this morning? Before we do it, there is something that I need us to pray. We can't step through this. We can't cut cross it by our own power. But there was someone who hit the reset button and he said as as we've sung all morning, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And some of us have been trying and striving and struggling and not succeeding because we're doing it in our own strength. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. Now you are stepping through not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And be aware of what He is shifting in your life. Be aware of what He is cutting off in your life. And I encourage you, even some of you have had prayer requests. Some of you have had situations that haven't been able to shift. Right now, bring that to Jesus. He is saying that He is setting His people, that's you and I, up for a year of fruitfulness. Lord, we want to taste and see even of the fruit of the season of the promised land that we're coming into today in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening Stay connected Be resourced and equipped By subscribing to our YouTube channel Our podcast channel And following us on social media At Revival Fires On Instagram and Facebook If you've been impacted by this ministry Why don't you consider investing And sowing a gift Visit our website for details on how to give